What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast, that podcast by those two brothers from the same mother, giving you those fantasy takes, hits, and analysis. As usual, it is your boy Derek here with the big bro, Daryl. Daryl, my man, week nine preview here. How you feeling today? I'm good, man. Yeah, week nine, I feel like um, I feel like a parent who's baby is in his junior year trying to get myself ready for him to go off to college it's i don't i don't know that i'm ready i I just gotta enjoy the days i have left oh man (laughs) yeah this season is just moving along man it's but it's it's been okay so far but this week we should get some bomb ass matchups hell yeah Um, to that point, we're even previewing four of them. Like we were discussing it. Usually we preview three of them, but when it came to it, it was like, nah, we got to touch points on all four of these bad boys. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was too much, uh, too much meat on that bone, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So again, match our previews. We're going to dress it up and make it real for y'all. And we'll get into the running backs and wide receivers at the midway point. And we'll ski daddle out of here. So let's get to it. Matchup previews, baby. First matchup we got is going on in Frankfurt, Germany. Shout outs to Frankfurt, Germany. My wife's actually out there right now. Funny enough, we got <laughs> the Miami Dolphins coming in at six and two versus the Kansas City Chiefs. They're also six and two as well. Going to be played at 830 in the morning central time on Sunday. Kansas City, one and a half point favorite, over under a juicy 50 and a half. I'll turn it over to you, Daryl. Talk to me about those Dolphins. First off, shout out to the West Coast sickos who are going to be up at 6.30 a.m. to watch that game. All right. So, um, Miami, I'll start off with Tua. Uh, Looking at the KC side of things, but talking about Tua, KC's giving up the fifth most points to a quarterback on the season and the 11th excuse me, the fifth fewest point. And they're giving up the 11th fewest points over their last five to the quarterback position. They're third in drop back EPA on the year and seventh over their last five. Not looking good to start off with for your boy Tua. But right. let, let, let's look at Tua a little bit. He's QB5 on the season. We all know about Miami's explosive pass offense. They're second in drop, drop back EPA on the year. But... They're 12th over their last five games in drop back EPA. What happens when you get when you when you look at their last five games? What do you end up cutting out? The 70 burger that they dropped on mm-hmm. on Denver. I think that was fair enough to to drop out because like that's kind of you don't do that every day. Anyway, it just seems like there's a little recent slippage in the Dolphins passing game. Um, you know, teams may have ca- caught up with them a little bit. It's like what I mean by slippage. Their season-long pass EPA per play is .277. So every time Tua drops back, these boys are expected to score about a quarter of a point. Over the last five, that's dropped down to .06. It's a 77% decrease. The, the 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 wolves are on them, it it, it seems like. And, and if you go back and look at their numbers there, they're still okay, but you know, it's uh, it's it's it, it's not it ain't what it used to be. But anyway, um, 
all that all of this context to say that like it seems like something has been figured out about this passing game. And to me, KC doesn't fit the profile of a get right spot for them. Um, I'm not I'm not fading to her, but I'm not expecting a ceiling game from him. You know, if if I have him as my QB, I'm playing him in just hopes that McDaniels can do some can do some chef in, in the kitchen as far as I'm getting the plays. And so yeah, two is a he's he's a so-so for me. But moving to the running backs on the season, KC is giving up the eighth fewest points to running backs, and over the last five, they're giving up the twelfth fewest. But digging a little deeper, they're giving up the seventh most points. Excuse me, the seventh most yards per carry, both on the season and over the last five. So they can kind of be gashed on the ground. That seems like that should be the way that Miami should go. And if we think about um, McDaniel's, it's like a pass. I mean, excuse me. He's a he, he's a run aficionado. You know, like he that man knows how to scheme up the run. So all that to say, um, I won't be surprised at a smash game here from from Mostert and maybe trickling down to Ahmed and Jeff Wilson. Mostert would be the only one I felt comfortable playing, but um, but but yeah, I think I think this is a sneaky good matchup uh, for for their running game that goes a little bit beyond just looking at. Um, you know how many points per game the um, Kansas City's given up to the running back position. Um, moving on to the pass game, aka Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they're obviously they're obvious no brainer starts. Um, you know, but just know that KC is given up the six fewest points per game to wide receivers. But you know, these two guys are two of the foremost one hitter quitters in the league, so. You, you, you're not going to shy away from them in any capacity. It's just like it's not a it's not an obvious smash situation for either of them. And so, yeah, so those are kind of the quick and dirty notes that I got on the Dolphins. Yeah, the main thing I'm looking at here is Jeff Wilson, as far as how his usage will continue to look with uh, a Chan out. I'm interested to see if there's any uptick in snaps for him. Um, whether it's in the passing game or the running game. But, yeah, I think everyone else you kind of touched upon uh, correctly. It is a down matchup for the offense, well, especially the passing offense. But, you know, you're you're starting these guys regardless. You're not going to bench them. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I need to check and see if that's going to be a showdown matchup because th- this, be, this would definitely be a fun one to, to play. Anyway. Um, moving on to the Chiefs. So, you know, in our last episode, we talked about in, um, Mahomes in the midseason review about how relative to his draft capital, it's been it's been a little disappointing for, for, for him so far. But the Dolphins are coming in at a good time. This is a good get-right spot for him. On the season, the Dolphins are allowing the sixth most points to the QB and the fifth most points over their last five. So... We take that, we add in the fact that Miami's also given up the eighth most points to tight ends. So, you know, we we, we got to take a look at, okay, what, what's going on with Travis Kelsey because the receivers aren't that much to talk about for Casey. And things check out for what Miami does against quarterbacks. Things check out for what Miami does against tight ends. I like I, I, I like Mahomes even above and beyond the level that, you know, you, you normally like him in a given week that this week. So um, he's 
he 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 set up well for for a smash spot. Moving on to the running game, um, Pacheco and McKinnon. Over the last five, the Dolphins are giving up the third fewest points to running backs. And now we add to that, the Chiefs' rushing efficiency has been bad as well. They're 25th on the season in EPA per play uh, for in the running game. They're 29th over the last five. Now, you know, the door is kind of open because of Miami's efficiency numbers. So, like, Miami is fine in there. I mean, Miami's not a good matchup in points per game given up to running backs. Like, they've, they, they, they've been kind of monstrous. But as far as their efficiency numbers – they're, they're they're not that great, so it could be the kind of game where Andy just says we're going to run a lot at these guys and make them have to defend the run. If it ends up being something like that, I could see Pacheco making his numbers. If that's not the case, though, if if Miami runs out a little bit, if um, if it ends up being a situation where the Chiefs have to chase the game, I'm really not in love with the spot for for, for Pacheco, and you know, in a managed league setting. You know, you're, you're you're playing him regardless because you probably don't have many other better options. But I think he I think you're looking at an RB2 type of performance for him. As for McKinnon, I think he's a desperation flex kind of kind of kind of player this week. The one thing I will say about McKinnon is. If Miami ends up making Casey have to chase this game, this could very well turn into a McKinnon game. Where, um, where where he's out there in the past game like a, a, a whole lot when you know with, with the Chiefs having to um, having to make up points. I think it's all going to depend on a game flow type of thing. In a managed league setting, I don't necessarily want to chase that. In a DFS setting, if I with the right roster build, yeah, he he'd be a guy you 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 could maybe think about fitting in. Um, on to the wide receivers. If the Chiefs had wide receivers, this would be a great matchup for them. You know, like the, the Dolphins are allowing a top six points per game to wide receivers over the last five. They're 21st in efficiency over the same span. So it just comes down to picking a Chiefs wide receiver that you think might get targeted. And that's you, you might as well go play the lottery. Um, Rasheed Rice has looked the best lately. But his highest route, uh, his highest route share on the season is 65%, uh, which came in week seven. So that's that's something that works in his favor. He said he saw his highest his highest route participation in week seven. But even at 65%, that's not much to write home about. My my thing, managed league, I'd want to stay away from all of these guys. Um, but you know. If you got to play somebody, you know, just drink yourself a gallon of optimism and put in, put in Rasheed Rice. I guess like that's about the best that, that that I could offer. I cannot justify playing anybody else in their receiver core. Um, and lastly, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Travis Kelsey. This is one of those games you drafted him for. Like the the stakes in real football are high. There's a viable shootout potential here. It's a top ten matchup as far as um, as far as the points that um, Miami gives up to the tight end position. Like this is where you expect your tight end one to do tight end one things. So you know you're never not playing him. But this week, like press the press the start button on him with like a little bit of extra gusto because I, th- I think this is an excellent excellent place for Travis Kelsey to um, to to break your opponent o- over your knee. 
So, yeah, those are my thoughts on the Chiefs. What you got, Chief? I see what you did there. Um, yeah, I'm interested in seeing what Rasheed Rice can do here. Um, Miami, 11th most points given up to wide receivers out of the slot, I believe. That's what I noted here. So um, it's just about will he see enough routes and or targets to do something with it. So I have my eye on it. Not something that you should be playing in your regular season lineups, but maybe some kind of DFS thing you can lean into, especially in a showdown slate. I knew I was going to say slowdown, but showdown slate. There we go. For sure. For sure. All right. So we close the book on the Dolphins and the Chiefs and move along to the Seahawks, who are sitting at five and two, or traveling to Baltimore to play the Ravens, who are six and two. Wow. Mm -hmm. Great matchup. Um, Baltimore is favored by six with an over under of 44. So um, why don't you kick us off on this one, man? For sure. I'll start on the visiting side with Seattle. Uh, Geno Smith coming in on the season as quarterback 23. Ugh, not what we expected from this man. We were pinning him as kind of a streaming quarterback, but it hasn't been necessarily great for him. He has two quarterback one finishes in the seven games. Not great business. Baltimore, um, least points given up to the position. So for me, it's a no-go for Geno. I'm definitely not trying to start this man um, in this matchup. Now, running back Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, um, we already talked about it last episode about how it was kind of a little flip there in the uses. Charbonnet actually led the backfield. Um I don't know if that's going to continue or not. We don't know if this just stemmed from the previous injury with Kenneth Walker, but Baltimore is top 10 in yards per carry given up, although they don't give up a whole lot of points as is two running backs. So, I mean, if there's no nothing of note on the injury report, I think you still start Kenneth Walker as you expect to as a RB2. Zach Charbonnet, I'm not really trying to start, but you know, because we're in the bye week territory here, he might be a late, late flex for you. And, you know, God trust who you are, you know, hope, hope that works out for you. Um, <laughs> DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, JSN here. Um, yeah, DK and Lockett, they're, they're in there for you, man. Um, DK, you know, projects as a wide receiver one, lower tier one. Uh, Tyler Lockett probably around a two or three. Uh, 24% target share for DK, 22.7 for Lockett, 16% for JSN. Um, with JSN, when these two are in the lineup, it's he's not a startable, he's not a startable wide receiver for you. So for me, I'm starting those two in this matchup. I would expect more so around a median outcome for him because Baltimore has been tough on quarterbacks, thus it'll trigger down to wide receivers so i'm kind of meeting starts on them but they're in your lineup and tight end no not, <laughs> the, not this tight end room no offense up to 56 percent of the routes but no do not start them baltimore stingy to tight ends as is yeah it's I, man i wish noah could could break out of that um that that, that little morass of 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 I don't even know what what to call it, that triumvirate, I guess, of tight ends there. But yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right on that. 
Um, for me, just one quick thing. Chino is a strong sit for me this week. Okay. Like a strong <laughs> sit. I am I am absolutely 1,000% looking to stream away from him um, th- this week. Baltimore is stingy, and he hasn't been – Playing particularly well, like from a from a fantasy point of view, or actually from a real, from a real football point of view, and it breaks my heart to have to say that. But yeah, strong sit for me. For sure, agreed on that. To the other side of the ball, Baltimore, a little more fruitful on that side. Um, the offense has been kind of humming the past three weeks, um, even though Lamar was QB eighteen on the week. They had the three touchdowns via the Gus bus. But with Lamar, um, I'm starting him. I'm not seeing him as a ceiling outcome or thinking he'll be closer to the ceiling outcome um, simply because, you know, Seattle's been middle of the pack as far as fantasy points given up to the position. But they do have the six most rushing yards by quarterbacks given up. So it could be a game where we see Lamar uses his legs. But again, you're starting this man. It's just that I'm having him more towards a medium outcome than towards his ceiling. Running back wise, Gus Bus, man. Three touchdowns, as I mentioned last week. Um, but Seattle has the eighth least points given up to the position. I still think Gus Bus is a is a fine flex play. Um, primarily because this offense is humming, as I mentioned. And in the red zone, he's been dominating the touches there lately. The past three games, he's had 13 touches there, while Justice Hill has been at four. So, Gus Bus, load him up in your lineup. I think a lower tier RB2 is just fine. Wide receiver options, I think you still just stick with Zay, um, Odell, and Bateman, Aguilar. You cannot mess with those guys as starters. Uh, The last four games for Zay Flowers, though, 26.4% target share, 1.7 yards per route run. Um, His finishes have been the 25th wide receiver, 14, 28, and a very lowly 68 there against those Arizona Cardinals. But I see that as more of an outlier um, outcome there. And Seattle has the third most points given up to wide receivers in the slot. And Zay's been running in the slide about 50 to 55% of the time. So yeah, fires a up. I think he's a solid wide receiver three option with a high two ceiling um, in this matchup. And then Mark Andrews, the man is in there, 22% target share, 1.9 yards per route run. The last four games, along with three touchdowns, Seattle gives the six most yards per reception to the position. He's in there for you regardless. Word. Um, man, the um, the Seattle defense has been like, I don't know if it's low key or what it's, it's been low key to me. Like they've been low key. Oh. Good, man. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's, they're, they're not a they're not an easy matchup along like any front. You know, I, if Baltimore had like better pass catchers, I think I'd maybe feel a little bit better um, about th- about things from the Baltimore point of view. But there's, you know. It's it's kind of just a bunch of meh plus Zay, um, but yeah, I'm right there with you though on on Gus. I, I think um, I, I I think this guy could I think he could get back in the end zone like a couple times this game. So I'd be very enthusiastically 
starting him and probably, you know, with with the way you you acquired him, which would have like more than likely been on the waiver wire, you know, you could probably end up flexing him with two um, with your other two running backs starting. So, yeah, I'm um, I'm I'm all aboard the Gus bus for, for this week. Right on. All aboard the Gus bus for you. OK, OK. I may have to look at that man from my DK lineup I'll put in later. Uh, let's get to the next matchup, though. We got those Dallas Cowboys sitting at five and two, traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles at seven and one. Philly is a three point favorite. The over under is 46 and a half. Talk to me about them Cowboys. All right. So you you ever like, you know, like like remembering back to school, like you're taking a test. And you get an answer so quickly, like you feel like you must have done something wrong. Like it's like <laughs> yeah. this, this was too easy. Like I I, I messed something up. Yeah, you, you know that feeling. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's how I feel about Dak right now because everything everything points to all systems go on uh, with him this week in this game against Philadelphia. They're giving up the fourth most points on the season to quarterback, the tenth most points over the last five. Sam Howell just finished quarterback one against them. one their average their average in drop back efficiency over the season and over the last five the Dallas pass offense is top 10 over both time frames you know over the whole season and over the last five everything says Dak should eat I that's it that, that's all I got the, the only other thing I would throw in there is you know it's a division matchup Nothing is ever easy with this Cowboy team. So, you know, something, you know, some, I don't know. Lightning is going to strike something to make this maybe a bad pick. But just like by what the numbers are telling me, Dak should feast in this game. So, yeah, I'm going to go with yeah. that. I'm going to go with that for now. Um, Tony Pollard, though, for however rosy things look for Dak, they look as bleak for Tony Pollard. You know, it's season long. The Eagles have given up the fewest points to running backs over the last five. They've given up the second fewest points to running backs, but there's something, there's something kind of interesting about, about the Eagles when looking at their numbers, their run defense is next to last in EPA per rush over, over the last five. So it's like, uh, uh, yeah, no, for the season, excuse me. They're um, next to last in EPA per rush. And they're 17th in rush. Let me start over. They're 17th in rush EPA for the season. Over the last five, they're next to last. I'm sorry, I got that mixed up in my head. So it's like, how are they smothering these fantasy running backs, but they're next to last in in efficiency over the last five? Mm -hmm. And I found the answer. Philly has played eight games, and they haven't had their bye week yet, but they've still seen the fewest rushing attempts against them in the league. The Eagles have faced 139 rush attempts. The next closest is Detroit with 164. Like, teams just aren't running against these guys. Yeah, Detroit's had a bye, haven't they? Detroit's on bye this week. Oh, okay. Detroit's on bye this week. So they've both played – Eight games. Like Philly has seen fewer run, rush attempts than teams that have already had buys. 
they're facing 17, they're like around 17.4 rush attempts per game. Jeez. And I'm trying, I'm sitting here trying to figure out why that is. Um, I, there's probably some deep digging. It's maybe they, maybe it's a combination of them getting teams down early. Maybe it's teams just recognizing, I'm not going to try to run the ball against these guys because we, you know, I just talked about how, how, how they're giving it up to quarterbacks. And we'll talk about what that means for receivers here in a bit. They could just be that much of a pass funnel. You know, um, offensive coordinators could just see them as that much of a meal that they're just skipping the run portion and just going straight to the pass portion. But it's, it, it, it's really crazy that they're kind of not being tested, but they're also not great. Like I could see not running against, um, you know, the way the Bucks are playing this year or something like that, but Philly ain't done nothing and people still aren't running against them, but it is what it is. Um, I have to say if McCarthy, you know, if he follows suit with the way other teams approach Philly, it's probably going to be tough sledding for Tony Pollard again, again uh, on Sunday because he's just not going to see the usage adding into the fact that he hasn't been that efficient um, so far to this point in the season. Anyway, he, he's been one of the bigger fantasy disappointments so far. So unless Dallas just d- decides to establish it, I'm not expecting big things from from Pollard. Um, but you never know. They, 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 they may decide, you know, we're just going to run this damn ball and that'll be that. But um, the reason why they might not do that leading into the next section, the Eagles pass defense is that Gordon Ramsey, bro. Them boys are food, food for the season. They're giving up the most points to wide receivers and they're four points clear of second place. Over the last five, they've given up the most points and they're five points clear of second place. They are giving it up to the wide receiver. So slot out wide, doesn't matter. Absolute mm-hmm. smash spot for, for C.D. Lamb uh, in, in this game. Like, you were playing him anyway, but playing with extra sauce uh, th- this week. Um, as far as Brandon Cooks, I think he's a pretty attractive flex option. You know, he's gotten into the end zone the last couple games. Um, you know, if you take out the last game when they were after they got to the point where they were beating the brakes off of um, off of the Rams, I believe it was, and they they pulled their starters for for the two or three games before that. Cooks had reached an eighty percent route share, like an eighty plus percent route share. So like he's out there, he 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 he's out there, and we know that we know that um, that Dak will look for him um, for long passes, short passes in the end zone whatever. So like, I think he's a viable flex option. And I think that I wouldn't want to do it, but I think that if you're backed into a corner, Michael Gallup is a, is an okay. What the heck flex kind of, kind of guy this week. But again, I would not necessarily want to do that. Um, and lastly, I'll talk about um, Jake Ferguson. The last two games have seen his route participation go over 80% as well. And that's like kind of a magic number for, for tight ends. So, um, you know, usage wise, or at least route participation wise, he's, he's, he's what you're looking for. Um, The thing is Philly is one of the more stingy defenses against tight ends. So, you know, you have that working against him, but that's within, you know, the whole tight end landscape and it's kind of a beggars can't be choosers kind of thing. So, 
you know, I'd have no problem playing him kind of under the theory that one, he's going to be out there and two, he could ride the coattails of the rest of the offense, namely the, uh, the passing game to, to get himself in, into some scoring opportunities. Um, so, yeah, those are, th- those are my Cowboys musings. Yeah, I'm really interested in the wide receiver room and if they're able to do something in this game. Um, as you mentioned with Washington last week and Sam Howell, like, you know, Dotson got off, McLaurin, um, Logan Thomas had a decent little game too. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see if any of the um, additional pieces outside of CD can do something here, especially Cooks, Gallup, and, of course, my man Jake Ferguson getting up to that 80%. Love to see it. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's uh... – He's definitely like made some room for himself in that tight end room. Um, okay, on to the Eagles. I'll start off by talking about the Dallas D a little bit. Um, they're giving up the fourth fewest points to the quarterbacks on the season, but they're now giving up the 16th fewest points over their last four. So there's been a little slippage in in their past defense efficiency. Um, that probably has something to do with Trevon Diggs going going down. Um, but you know, ex- oh, excuse me. I was talking about fewest points to the quarterback, not efficiency, but the same stuff is bearing out in their efficiency numbers too. Won't bore the audience with the numbers on that. I'll just skip to the near to the end and say, you know, this is Jalen Hurts, the quarterback two under the season on the season. Under no circumstance are you sitting this man. You know, the the Eagles, the Eagles are sporting a .239 drop back EPA per play over their last five games. So basically every time they drop back to pass, they're putting a quarter of a point on the board. That's that's just phenomenal type, type of stuff. Um, so I don't necessarily see this as a smash spot for Jalen, but one, I wouldn't be surprised if he did get there. And two, even if Dallas shaves off some of, um, some of what you're used to getting from him, he's been performing at such a high level. You'll still, you'll, you'll still take it. Like, um, I, I, I would imagine that, you know, a low end QB one is his floor, um, you know, famous last words. And just as an aside, I really can't wait to see this game. I really can't wait to see this game. It's going to be so good. Um, moving on to the Philly running backs, by which I mean, DeAndre Swift and DeAndre Swift only, um, this man has completely hit <laughs> his upside. <laughs> <laughs> this man has completely hit his upside scenario this season. Like since week one, he's um, so like starting in week two, he's finished no lower than running back twenty three. In the Jeez. seven weeks since week one, he's been top fifteen for six of those weeks. This is this is this is the consistency like you that that you asked for. And the thing is, there's still more upside for him if he could if he could chip away some of the work that for some reason Kenneth Gainwell continues to get. So like there's, there's still some upside usage that he could potentially get. So like shout, shout out to DeAndre Swift and the DeAndre Swift drafters. But anyway, um, the Cowboys are only like a so-so matchup for running backs. They're giving up the 14th most points to running backs over the last four. They're insanely efficient versus the running game as, as well. So, you know, it's not, it's not going to be an easy spot for DeAndre, but 
you know, you, you're just going to lean into the consistency this man has been giving you, and you're going to put him in your lineup. Um, moving on to the receiving core, by which I just mean A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Um, you're riding this A.J. Brown hot streak till the wheels fall off. Like, that's just that's just how fantasy goes. You're, you're, you're not allowed to not play him. Like, you get instantly booted from your league if you think about sitting this man versus the Cowboys. Um, but, you know, th- th- this could end up being a rough ride, though. Um, Dallas has given up the second fewest points to wide receivers over the season and the fourth fewest points over the last four. You know, they have yet to allow a receiver to go for 100 yards. So okay. this, um, yeah, yeah, this could d- – please double-check me on that. I think I double and triple-checked it, but that's that's what I saw. So, anyway um, – his streak of 125 plus is about to be challenged. Um, his, his his biggest saving grace is that Dallas plays man at the fourth highest rate in the league, and AJ Brown absolutely feasts on man coverage. Yeah. So, um, so there's a there's a good mixture of you know what what is, what is it the there's a good rocking arm no immovable force uh, re- resistible object kind of thing going on here again. You know to watch this game um so yeah aj brown's in there devonta smith he's more of a mixed bag he sees a 14 percent targets per route run versus man with a yards per route run of 0.80 it's not great this man has not been getting it done this year against man coverage so um i personally don't have the stones to sit him I'm just going to play him and take my little six points to try to get off the board. Um, that's, the, that's the thing, though. I, I, I think that's squarely within the realm of possibility. Like, he's just going to get sure. you, you know, like he, I, I don't see a big day for him this week against Dallas playing all that, man. Um, and lastly, Dallas Goddard. This is, a, this is a damn good spot for him. Over their last four, Dallas has given up the seventh most points the tight ends you know this is this is that scenario right like it's like um it's like that what do you call that um the street game it's like the three card monty thing um like i guess in new york and whatnot you know where they shuffle the cards around and you got to pick the black king or whatever this is how the eagles do kind of thing and now i feel like it's going to be dallas goddard's turn to um you know maybe not necessarily lead the receiving core um, in, in production, but I, I think he's going to have a, a much better than average day this week. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that's the Eagles. For sure. For sure. My quick note on this is Dallas Goddard. I think he can, um, have a good game here. As you mentioned, I think Dallas is probably going to do everything it can to kind of limit AJ Brown. And so, I think that kind of yields towards um, them using Dallas Goddard as a weapon, um, maybe up the seam or some screens to kind of open things up, if you will. So I'm expecting a big game from Goddard, but I'm interested, like you are, to see this matchup. It's going to be good. Yeah, this should have been the night game, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, All right, so turning the page – from that game to another fire matchup, um, the Buffalo Bills, who are five and three, are traveling to Cincinnati 
to face off against the Bengals, who are four and three. Cincinnati is favored by two and a half with an over-under of 49.5. How about it, man? Mm -hmm. Yeah, now don't slouch this matchup. I mean, this is going to be a good one, too. So I said let's another fire matchup. Yeah, yeah, but I know you said this one should have been the night game. Like, Buffalo and Cincinnati ain't ain't a nice little matchup oh, okay. either. But, fair, um, enough, fair enough, fair enough. We'll start on the Buffalo side, the visiting team. Josh Allen, a.k.a. new nickname alert, as I called him last pod, the excellence of execution. Hey, somebody else was called this, but I don't care. I'm borrowing it. This is this man's new name. As I mentioned, 12 points per game fantasy-wise in the red zone. Crazy stuff. Um, overall, though, since he is middle of the road and points given up to the position, but at the same time, Brock Purdy just hit him for 300-plus. Um, did throw two picks, though. But, you know, I'm expecting I'm expecting a solid game here from Josh Allen. You weren't benching him anyways. Um, but it's one of those things that's going to be interesting because as I uh, read around on Fantasy Pros, um, the Bengals kind of kryptonite is play action passing, and that's where the excellence of execution has been executing a lot this year. So, hey, we'll find out what, what prevails here. So, Josh Allen, he's in your lineup regardless. To the running backs, we got James Cook, Latavius Murray, and newly signed running back Leonard Fournette. Um, James Cook overall on the season is averaging about 15 touches a game, seeing 64% of the rushing tips, rushing attempts and 61% of the routes. Um, that may have been his last game stats, but either way, this is, these are excellent numbers that you like to see for a running back. Um, he's in your lineup for sure. Main thing with Fournette, I'm just monitoring the usage. I'm trying to see how they're going to be integrating him. Um, you would probably think in the red zone, which is not great because James Cook has been slided there as is. But just monitor the Fournette usage. Um, you can get ahead on adding him if you want. I personally would not be doing that. Hmm. Wide receivers, um, we got Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir back in this segment here um as last week i mentioned with cincy they were impressive in the win but hey brandon Ayuk hooped in this matchup um i think Diggs and davis are comfortably in your lineup um Diggs as a wide receiver one davis davis <laughs> as a two <laughs> or a three um davis has had some success as it occurs with zone coverage which since he likes to run a lot um, so Gabe Davis could have himself a decent little game here. Um, Khalil Shakir, I have my eye raised towards him. He should be added on your rosters. Um, 11 and 15% target share the past two games, but he's also running 72% of the routes. And this is kind of a pass heavy offense. So I don't think I'm necessarily playing him. Um, but Again, it is bye weeks going on here, so he might be playable for you, but I'm not looking to necessarily play him this week. Finally, with Dalton Kincaid, the tight end, 85% route participation last week. Um, yeah, this man is an auto start this week for me. I think this is a smash spot for him. Looking at Cincy's defense as it pertains to fantasy points given up to the position, 
They give them up the most at 15.7 points. They have the seventh highest yards per reception. And tight ends have an 80% catch rate against this defense. Smash spot for him. And just last week, we saw what George Kittle did going nine for 149 on 11 targets. Dalton Kincaid put him in. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on on Kincaid. This should um, continue his breakout. Like if he was able to do it last week, um, he 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 should be able to continue it th- this week against a much easier opponent. Um, yeah, I I I really have no notes. Like you hit everything. I just you know want to preemptively pour one out for James Cook. Um, this man, you. You're gonna have to score from 20 yards out or more, Bubba. That's just that's just what it is. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So um, let, let's go ahead and, and get your thoughts on the Bengals. How, how about them? Yeah, man, the Bengals. Very impressive road win last week again against those 49ers. Um, getting above 500 here. They're playing some good ball here and coming back home to go up against a Buffalo team. Good spot for them. Love to see it. Um, quarterback Joe Burrow overall this team is second in neutral pass rate uh, but Buffalo has had the second least amount of fantasy points given up to the quarterback position on the season but within these last four or five games with uh, Travion White out they've been middle of the road at around 16th so regardless you were starting Joe Burrow but I think this could be a smash spot for him as well um, I think they're missing white as well as other pieces on that defense so I'm expecting good things here for Joe Burrow and with that uh, going into the running backs you got Joe Mixon here he's in your lineup um, running backs the past five games have averaged 53 receiving yards against Buffalo as well as the fifth most fantasy points could be a smash spot for this man. Um, overall, 74% of the snaps played, 81% of the rushing attempts, 55% of the routes. Must start with some upside here for Joe Mixon. Wide receivers, you got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Buffalo, eighth most points given up to the position, and I believe that's within that last five-game sample as well. All three of these guys are in play uh, for me, in my opinion. Um, Chase around your wide receiver one, of course, um, could be overall number one in this kind of matchup. But either way, a wide receiver one. T is a little interesting. Um, He was wide receiver three um, in week two of the season, the wide receiver three. But since then, he has not seen the top 40. Uh, Now, again, he's been dealing with injury, but... I do want to note last week he did have 2.8 yards per route run. So I think things are kind of shaping back for him. Finally, with Tyler Boyd, um, since week four, he's well, since week four, Buffalo has had the ninth highest points given up to the slot, our wide receivers lining up in the slot. So I think he's a guy who has some upside here, and I think he's a reasonable flex play. Um And I believe probably within the past three weeks, he's been a wide receiver three in each of those weeks. So, yeah, I'm comfortable with putting him in in the flex. 
Last thing on the wide receivers, I didn't mention this. With Jamar Chase, the past three games, he's seen 44 targets. And in my notes, I have the four letters, L-M-A-O. <laughs> Finally, I'm contractually obligated to mention tight end. Cincinnati does have one. Do not start the man. Well and thoroughly put on the tight end front. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, now I'm I'm right. My my biggest and only note on this whole thing was the yeah the the Tyler Boyd sneaky sneaky play um, type of thing going on here. Um, I think I'd love to have him and um, in a showdown lineup. So yeah, that was the, the, that was the one thing I wanted to make sure it got mentioned and you mentioned it. So yeah, I'm, I'm good on the Cincinnati side of things. Um, this is, you know, and and you were right. Like uh, this is, this is fully deserving of being a night game as, uh, as well. Um, I, I think you couldn't have gone wrong. It was one of those things where um, I let you pick first and I'll take the other one. Type of thing. So yeah. Yeah. We good. For sure. Put some respect on them teams, my brother. All right. Before we get into those running backs and wide receivers, I need you to dress it up and make it real for me. Whatever that means. There we go. Okay. I was like, I was like, are we sleep at the wheel? Give me, give it to me. All right. Or maybe you, maybe you were uh, lagging on it because you saw the matchup that's typed in there, but uh, um, yeah, we're putting lipstick on a pig here. I'm putting a minute on the clock. I need you to talk me, the viewers, into showing interest or watching any of this game between the New York Giants at two and six, heading to the Las Vegas Raiders at three and five, with Las Vegas as a point and a half favorite. The minute is on the clock, and I hit start now. Go. There's really not a lot here, but the things that interest me, I want to see what happens with Devontae Adams if if he ends up getting fed um, by, by Aiden O'Connell, if there is any potential at all for Aiden O'Connell to prop up not only Devontae, maybe maybe some Jacoby Myers or some Michael Mayer. Um, I, I want to see like if defenses respect him enough to not just crowd the box and put Josh – Jacobs on hush mouth. As for the Giants, there's there's nothing there that I want to see. There's the, there's just nothing on on the Giants side that, that that I'm looking to see. If I don't see them play another game this year, it's fine. That I there's not a lot here, man. There's they they really should just run a simulation for this game and preserve everybody's ACLs and hamstrings and and all that other stuff. I. I know I, I say we don't quit around here, but that's really all I got. It's just Devontae, and that's it. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's an F for me. The only way you were getting an A is <laughs> – the only way you were getting an A is if you didn't use the full minute and you finished right at a minute. So, yeah, you should have probably stopped about 15 seconds ago and you would have been an A-plus for me. <laughs> always been an overachiever <laughs> <laughs> you have you have my man but hey you did a good job trying to sell it but it's a really tough sell especially on that giant side but 
we move. Let's get into some good stuff here. Um, we did quarterbacks and tight ends last episode, so let's get into some running backs and wide receivers, starting with the running backs. Top 12, number one, who else would it be? CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Travis Etienne. Three, Raheem Mostert. Four, Zach Moss. Woo. Five, DeAndre Swift. Six, <laughs> Alvin Kamara. Seventh, Kenneth Walker. Eight, Kyron Williams. Ninth, Josh Jacobs. Tenth, Isaiah Pacheco. Eleven, my man Bijan. And rounding out the top 12 is Mr. Derek Henry. So, Daryl, I'll turn it over to you with this question. Biggest surprise, and there's multiple here, but biggest surprise for you in the top 12. I'm allowed to mention Zach Moss? You are allowed. Well, the answer is Zach Moss. Like, that's okay. no, nobody, nobody saw this coming. Um, as far as being a fantasy asset, not him as a person, I'm sure he's a fine person, but as far as being a fantasy asset, that man was long thought to be a trash bag. Like, mm-hmm. even even when he was like, when he got the number one position in Buffalo a few years ago, when it was you know him and him and Singletary, and I'm there's probably somebody um, I'm I'm forgetting. Like, he had been thrown to the wayside, and to just come out screaming to fantasy relevance the way he has, like this is this is unbelievable. I'm. I'd be curious to see like what his ownership is in um in those preseason best ball tournaments that, that are now going on. I if it's any more than 0.001%, like I'll I don't even know what I'll do. I'll I'll sell my car for a dollar. Like I I don't know, man. Um so yeah. <laughs> that one that one is a huge um is is a huge surprise. Um I think also, you know. Raheem Mostert being as high as he is, mm-hmm. is 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 a surprise. Um, not so much that that he's uh, that he's a RB one, but you know he, I think most people would have expected, especially even even given, you know, if I told you, you know, going into the season, Jeff Wilson's gonna be hurt, um, and Leonard Fournette is not going to be signed there. Kareem Hunt's not going to be signed. And all that stuff, and you know, Raheem Mostert has the keys to the castle. Like, I don't think anybody would have thought RB three, you know, eight weeks into the season. So, like those two, those two really extremely stand out to me. I know I kind of took the low hanging fruit there, um, but yeah. And lastly, just seeing Alvin, Alvin Kamara at number six, like already, it's like um, <laughs> I feel like there was some like interlude or something jay-z did where, where he was like i gave y'all boys the summer oh so no it's, it's like oh show, show me what you got he said like um i gave y'all i gave y'all a little bit of time to get y'all thing done <laughs> what y'all been doing <laughs> like something like that it's like how, how is he already number six like what has everybody else been doing um bro yeah uh yeah man, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it over to you that's that, that's just super funny to me that Kamara already is where he is. Yeah, him being already at running back six is ridiculous. Um, I made note of his finishes right now. He's been running back eight, seven, ten, 
three and four in uh PPR uh finishes. So like he just hit the street running. And the thing about him is that probably in your redraft leagues, I think he was going anywhere from like round maybe five to seven. Uh, once the news came out, he was getting a three game suspension and stuff. So like if you were able to, you know, piece together running backs for those three weeks, or if you maybe got, you know, one of these, one of these top guys like CMC or Etienne, and then you maybe picked up Zach Moss, like you could have a ridiculous running back room right now um, oh, yeah. Yeah. of those three um, guys. But I think the the one guy I wanted to highlight a lot here was um, – oh, he's in the next one, not him. Travis ATN, sorry. Uh, 22 – well, yeah, a little over 22 touches a game. He has six top ten finishes. He's second in rushing yards after contact at 254 yards. He leads running backs with 17 broken tackles, and he has the fifth most targets at 35. And he has seven touchdowns on the season, and I believe Trevor Lawrence has passed for nine. So this may have a lot to do with why Trevor Lawrence um, is so low um, in finishes right now is that Brees – I mean, not Brees. Travis Etienne is just getting all the – Russian touchdowns. Yeah, and he was probably due for it a little bit, right? Like I feel like last year he underperformed what you would the number of touchdowns you would have expected given his yardage. So, you know, his his regression has hit with 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 thunder, you know. So, yeah. I guess while we're here, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, while we're here, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Bijan's season so far. How are you feeling about it? Um, I, I expected him to be higher by, by this point in the season. I thought that, you know, he couldn't have, he couldn't have landed in a better, in a better spot. And I thought his usage was going to be, you know, was going to be a lot greater than it was this year. I never would have imagined that he would have been more or less shut out of the goal line role. Like at most I would have, um, I would have imagined kind of a, well, it's Bijan's turn for a goal line touch. Now it's Tyler Algiers, but like that's Tyler Algiers. Um, like he's got that on lock. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't understand really. It's, it's not anything so much with Bijan. It's more about the usage, I think. And, you know, I don't understand why you draft this man eighth. Was it eighth in the draft, and then just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, basically kind of turn him into a glorified scat back. Um, you know, he's been he, he he's been doing work though with, with his touches. Man has all the highlights right. in the in the world and whatnot. It's just yeah, I'm, I'm I'm shocked to see him below Kyron Williams at this point in the season. That's that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm in the same mind frame as you. Like it, it just doesn't make sense that you go get this guy eighth overall in the way you're using him. Like we know that Tyler Algier is a solid running back, but man, why, why go get Bijan that high then if you're gonna do it like this? But it is what it is. Um, any other so notes you have on this top twelve? Yeah, um, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> You know, I I just want to say, you know, shout out Kenneth Walker being um being being RB seven. Yeah. 
at this point. Like, and that's mm-hmm. he's somebody that you know during during draft season and particularly during uh, the summer best ball draft season, I was kind of fading at his at, at his ADP. Um, not that I didn't think he was good or anything, but there were wide receivers there that I was um, more interested in. I'm having a hard time recalling who um, at, at this moment, but I do know I, I certainly came up light on him in my old best ball portfolio. Um, so yeah, he's, he, he, he's somebody who is, who has caught my eye in this um, and, and, and his performance up, up to this point in the season. Yeah, he was actually one of my fades, and it primarily it had to do with two things: one, the draft costs, and then two, like they went get Zach Charbonnet. But that that really hasn't mattered. Like, well, at least so we think from last week's yeah. usage. But yeah, it really hasn't mattered. Um, Kenneth Walker has led this backfield. Um, I guess one last note for me: Isaiah Pacheco averaging sixteen and a half touches per game thoughts on that um yeah it was i don't i don't want to say it was it was expected but it was the kind of thing where you know we knew that he could get here if he got a little bit more involvement in the past game and Mm -hmm. if they would just go ahead and elbow a, a healthy ceh out of the way and both of those things have happened for him. You know, he's he's just had that that uptick in usage. He's he's taken all of or pretty much all of CEH's lunch and he's the guy that they that that they trust for the run game and he's you know getting getting more passing down work. You know, he's he's just gotten that bump and he's moved he's moved himself right to that to, to that tip, you know, that 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 border of RB1, RB2 and if that offense can find its footing down the back down the back half of the year, he could he could turn out to be a, a league winner. Like he he has that that potential. I've I'm not exactly sure if that offense will find its footing because it's hard to go out there with no wide receivers. But if <laughs> somebody you know if if they are able to 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 put it together, and you've got to give Andy and Pat and, and Mahomes the um, the benefit of the doubt there, then Pacheco could end up being lethal for for um, against other teams for the rest of this uh, for the rest of this fantasy season. Agreed, agree, man. Um, let's look at these other uh, twelve running backs here. Thirteen: Brian Robinson Jr., fourteen: Devon Achan, fifteen: Brees Hall, sixteen: Tony Pollard, Oof. seventeen: James Cook. Jameer Gibbs, Gus Edwards, and Joe Mixon round out the top 20. Then the next four are Jerome Ford, Rashad White, David Montgomery, and Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, I'll turn it over to you. No questions, just thoughts on any of these guys. What stands out to you? Tony Pollard, you're killing me. Man. You are killing me. Man. And I'm I'm, I'm not putting it on your head. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying – the ways in which I drafted you, the the draft money that I spent on you, man, I'm going to need a second half turnaround from this guy or 
so many of my of my my best ball and managed league teams are cooked. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not a game right now, man. I, I I need this man to get his thing right. Um, but yeah, like pretty a lot of these names are surprises for 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 you know different reasons. And, you know, to to go along to to you know just so Tony Pollard isn't feeling lonely in that in the bag of shame I just put him in. I'm gonna throw Ramondre in there too. Um, that's mm-hmm. he's he's another one who I at the least expected to you know I expected him to be where Pacheco is right now. Um, you know, at the very least, teetering on the RB one RB two border. And if things go well, if if Bill Ob was able to get that offense turned around, you know, maybe he he push for upper tier. RB1 status, you know, in a best case scenario kind of thing. But for him to just be barely hanging on to RB2 status, bro, that that that, that really hurts. That really, really hurts. But I have other impressions. I feel like it's your turn now. I, <laughs> and and I, I need to walk off this hurt anyway. Yeah, the, the Tony Pollard one hurts a lot, man, because there are a lot of fantasy managers that – you know, probably banked on a Tony P anchor RB and then just probably, you know, boom, boom, went wide receiver, probably maybe got a Mark Andrews or something like that. And yeah, running back 16, man, that hurts. Like hopefully with these, you know, closer games coming up, you know, maybe there's more of output or more touches for him or something. But a running back here that I just wanted to make a quick note on was Brian Robertson Jr., um, somebody I did not expect to be in the uh, running back two arena, but he's been a running back 34 or better in every week. And he's seeing about 13 and a half touches. So it's not a lot of touches there per se, but he's, I guess he's been kind of affecting with him um, to garner himself up to this spot as well as obviously being healthy and whatnot. So shout out to Brian Robertson Jr. Man. Yeah. Um, there's one name on this list who like this dude could have he could have everybody about ready to tuck their chain in when uh, when he gets back and it is I, I, I didn't I didn't mean for that to oh, I wasn't God. trying to be clever but it's Devon Acham like if he comes back and does say 75% of what he was doing Mm-hmm. Before, it's going to be curtains for a lot of leagues. Yep. It's going to be curtains for a lot of leagues because this man was going ham to start this year. Or maybe what? What? When did he? He started exploding around like week three, week yeah, four. I think it was around like week that. three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it had like a three or four game stretch where he was just he was just tearing it down. So. If he comes back and gets back to that form, that's going to be something to behold. Um, and at number fifteen, Brees Hall. Man, I just oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just want to. First off, I really I should have said prayers for Aaron Rodgers um, and Aaron Rodgers uh, Achilles because if he hadn't hurt his Achilles. Brees would have been top five easy right now. 
easy, easy. The, for, for this man to be doing what he's doing, number one, you know, he had to go through that. It was like a three or four week period of ramp up where, you know, he wasn't getting the touches. He was having to prove to the coaching staff that he was back, had to shake off Dalvin Cook. And then now he's just kind of starting to, to, to flourish and look like he's he, he's back most. He's mostly back to being his old self. If this man had half a quarterback, like it would be, <laughs> it would be so so over. Um, for, yeah, it, it would be over for, for for leagues because of where where you got the privilege to draft him. You could have you could have stacked him with almost anybody over in the RB one column and just been tearing leagues down with good wide receivers in the stable to boot. So. Um, a lot of a, a lot of folks got lucky for, uh, for for the wrong reasons. A lot of folks made the right call for the wrong reasons when they kind of faded Brees, but he's still he's still doing his thing. He's still making his numbers with 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 Zach Wilson as his quarterback. So like that's that's really amazing, amazing to see. It is, it is. Um, I had him in my notes to highlight him as well, but I think you did well with Brees. Um, so the last note I have is just the Jameer Gibbs versus David Montgomery um, situation that we'll be looking at probably after the bye week. Um, these past weeks, seven and eight, you know, Jameer Gibbs seeing 78% of the snaps, 70% of the rushing attempts, 76% of the routes with the 18% target share. And beforehand, it was about half of that, half the amount of snaps, um, about half of the amount of the rushing attempt percentage, about half of the amount of routes, and then a 14% target share. So what do you think the outlook will be, assuming David Montgomery comes back after the bye week? Well, to to use the cliche-iest of cliches, it's going to be hard to put that toothpaste back in the tube, man. Yeah. You can't look at what this guy just did, that explosiveness that he just showed um, in, in this last game that, that they played. I, I forget who it was, even though it was just a couple of days ago. Um, but, yeah, you, how are you going to keep that off the field to the extent that you were beforehand? Like, that's that's coaching malpractice. I know, I, I know. you know, Montgomery is your guy, and you look at him as your battering ram and, and yada, yada, yada. You gotta get Jim. You gotta. You you have to get this man. What twelve to fifteen touches a game, mm-hmm. right? Like you just you just have to like at, at the least, or else you're, or else you're just a bad coach. It's just bad coaching not to get him the ball, you know, at, to to that extent. So this thing when when Montgomery goes back, I mean, excuse me, when he gets back. This thing has to go to like a 55 45. Mm-hmm. Like it just it just has to. You there's is it, it it would be just the stupidest thing ever. Not to. And the <laughs> yeah. thing is, the yeah. thing is, David Montgomery's been playing well too. And like this is no shade to him. Like David Montgomery's been he's been just fine. Mm-hmm. He's he, he he has been just fine in his role. But yeah, I I I don't know, man. I I don't see how. I don't see how you deny this man anymore, given what he just did. I agree with you. I agree. 
Any other notes it's before good. we close the book on these running backs? Um, no, not not really. I think. Um, well, I don't know. We could talk about all these guys forever, but I think we just move on because, like, I have thoughts on Rashad White and Gus Edwards and Joe Mix. Like, I got thoughts on all these guys. We could we, we could be here all night. Um, so yeah, I I think we did a good job hitting hitting what um the most important stuff was though. All right. Fair enough. Let's go ahead and dip into those wide receivers. All right. Wide receivers, 1 through 12. Again, these stats are, or this is based on total points on Fantasy Pros, PPR, course, 1 through 12. Number one, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs. And at four, we got Puka Nakua. Five, six, seven, and eight go Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen, Dennison Moore Jr. and Mr. Old Man himself, Adam Thielen. And then the next four at nine through 12, Amin Ra, CD Lamb, Jordan Addison, and Michael Pittman Jr. rounding out the top 12. Some names up here, my boy. No questions. You just go ahead, highlight what's on your mind. Well, I I think Adam Thielen gets um Gets you know the first eight week prom king, homecoming king, whatever you want to call it. Um, for for this man, he's boy just kind of came out of nowhere here. Um, and it's not the kind of thing where I think it was the wrong call to have faded him going going forward, but also it does in in hindsight, and all this stuff kind of looks obvious in hindsight, but in hindsight, that one looks obvious that like you know I, I well I'll, I'll speak for myself that i should have been throwing him on the end of more benches it's like with the price that he was going at it costs you know it costs you nothing pay me no mind like just put him put, put him on put him on the end of your bench and like you'd have a nice surprise um coming for you and um, you know, there's the whole narrative out there about like, can he keep this up? He's old and and blah blah blah. And I, you know, I think there's some credence to that. But at the same time, as long as he's doing it, as long as he's doing what he's doing, I feel like you gotta you, you gotta rock with him. Um, you know, if if he locks out and ends up staying staying healthy, like what's his what's his downside outside of um outside of what Mingo developing and stepping up and, and or something like that. But like, really he's the, he he's the main attraction at this point in that, in that passing game. Um, obviously Puka Nakua, you know, <laughs> Puka Nakua, he's, he's, he's another one. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't really on him that tough. And in, in, in the early draft season, um, I started throwing him on the end of some benches and best ball and those are some of my best performing teams surprise surprise um we'll we'll have to see how things play out for him going forward because he's picked up an injury um i have have you watched him play uh i've caught a couple of their games um but most of it has been highlights when i've seen being honest this dude is just like a bulldog and like in a in a good sense and a bad sense like he just throws his body around like he he has no regard for his body. So like how he's made it through these first few weeks without like utterly 
um, combusting himself. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, this, but like, this, this man, like, he, you talk about somebody who gives it all. Um, but yeah, he's obviously, obviously, those are my two biggest, biggest surprises here. And um, one of them, I'm super light on. The other one, I got, I, I got a few shares and I'm, and I'm glad of it. Um, what, what are you thinking on this top 12? Yeah, I want to show some love to um, DJ Moore. Now, a lot of his production of why he's here at number seven was kind of those two back-to-back weeks where he just just hooped real well, and especially the Thursday night game um, where he did the one, two, three touchdown uh, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, shout-outs to him. He um, Overall, he is seeing – 25% of the target share, 22% target per route run, 2.6 um, yards per route run on the 11.2 A dot, um, 44 receptions, 691 yards and five touchdowns. Pretty solid stats through eight games um, on pace. That's, I mean, that tells you he's almost close to 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, now, of course, this will be, this will significantly improve our B near that if he can get Justin Fields maybe uh, next week. But, yeah, kudos to him, man. He's been able to have a solid season so far. Where, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. He's been it, – it's never really been a question of does he have the talent. It's just like, can somebody please get this man a quarterback? And yeah, he got a glimpse. He, he got a glimpse, and then um, – and then Justin's thumb got busted up. So, yeah, hopefully Justin can get back for him. Um, the last two guys in the top 12, Addison and Pittman, yeah. they're surprises for a couple different reasons. Um, Michael Pittman, he had more or less been left for dead um, after after the way he busted last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was, he was what, like third? He wasn't getting out of the third or fourth round um, yeah. in, in, in last year's draft and just really – completely face planted. Um, you know, probably I, I don't I don't think it was his fault. They just had a, a an absolutely horrid quarterback situation in um in Indy last year. But between um, you know, a few games with Anthony Richardson and now with Gardner Minshew, like he's he's making it work. Who would have thought? Um, yeah. <laughs> well who would have thought for, for for that reason, you know? Right. And then with with Jordan Addison I don't expect this to continue, especially when you know when, um, when 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 Jettis comes back. But it's it's one of those things where like it's it's doing him all the world of good to see this um, because Jettis went down and he was able to step up. That doesn't always necessarily happen with wide receivers in fantasy, where the top guy goes down and then somebody else is able to kind of step up and get like some really good good solid production and he's been doing it he, he's he, he's been doing it so you know i'm imagining spending it forward next year you know his his draft his draft capital is going up 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 um well i guess depending on what they do at the quarterback position yeah 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 never mind i take that part back but but still nevertheless cool to see him um be able to get it in like this um, when he's been called on to be the quote unquote number one in that, uh, in, in that offense. Yeah. He's shown some big play ability. Um, 
you know, even including that one kind of busted play where it was basically intercepted, but he just ripped it out and like said, I'm here. But, you know, he he has solid production even while uh, Kirk was there and Jay Jettas was there. It just wasn't anything. Um, it just wasn't anything necessarily that you could count on. But I mean, the man has seven touchdowns um, through eight weeks and. You know, it's probably going to be tough for sledding the rest of the season. But, you know, at least these next, you know, couple games, he should be the target leader or one of the target leaders in that offense. So you're still going to be starting that man for sure. And as far as uh, Michael Pittman Jr., yeah, um, did not expect this. He has five wide receiver, two or better finishes, and that has him firmly planted as a wide receiver one in the season. Again, did not expect it, but, you know, if you took that flyer on him in that, what, seventh or eighth round, well, probably about sixth round or so, kudos to you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, so 13 through 24? Yeah, let's let's do it. I mean, we could talk all day about what AJB and Tyreek have done this season, but we talk about them all the time. So let's go to the next yeah. guys. All right, so at 13th, we have Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Christian Kirk, Jay Jettas, a.k.a. Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Nico Collins, and 19, Jacoby Myers, Marquise Brown, Devontae Smith, Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, and Jalen Waddle at number 24. So, uh, yeah, no questions. Throwing it to you. What okay. you got? Uh, I got two things to lead off. First one, I've already kind of take my victory lap, but I'm going to take another one with Nico Collins. I told y'all, nigga. I told y'all. <laughs> um, yeah, the man continues to be, you know, solid fantasy producer as kind of a, I mean, I, I have him, or most people probably drafted him as a wide receiver, what, five on their team. I was projecting that he would maybe just be a solid wide receiver three flex for me. And he's been that he has games where he's shown upside. He's had games where it's been just a three for, you know, 45, but overall through the whole season from week one through week eight, he has a 3.1 yards per route run. <laughs> just stupid. Just stupid. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, outside of that, um, Christian Kirk, what's up? Wide receiver 15 out here. Um, that man has three touchdowns on the season on a 23% target per route run and two yards per route run. Um, yeah, he's – him and really have basically seen the same amount of targets, but he's seen more favorable targets, has 10 more catches – then Calvin Ridley, and obviously that results in a higher catch rate and higher production. Um, but, yeah, he's been the more productive fantasy wide receiver, and I'm pretty sure most people did not have that written down. But, hey, that's where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, both both of them, um, you know, pleasant surprises, um, sort of not-so-pleasant surprises, on this list right now, I think where Jordan, where Jalen Waddle is sitting, mm -hmm. that's uh, that's not what fantasy drafters were looking for. 
coming into this year. You know, he's barely hanging on to a wide receiver two spot coming in at number 24, you know, this this far into the season. Got off to a bit of a slow start um, with, you know, b- between injuries and, you know, Tyreek just, you know, going supernova. I, I think there's still time and for, for Jalen Waddle to kind of make it up to his fantasy drafters, not in the sense that he owes anybody. I'm just saying, you know, that like he, he still has time to, to get back to that area where you thought he was going to finish when you first drafted him. So, but yeah, to, to, to this point, their, their return on that investment hasn't been what we were looking for. Um, another kind of unpleasant uh, surprise going on here. And uh, it's, it's maybe a little hard to complain about, but like Devonte Adams, where he is sitting at 13th mm-hmm. because, you know, he was a dude who was going like around the back half of the first round. So, you know, he was, he was being drafted about eight, nine spots higher than where he is currently sitting. You know, you were expecting him to be like a wide receiver, wide receiver seven, eight, nine ish type of type of uh, area with, you know, wide receiver one overall kind of upside. And, you know, the thing about it is as I'm talking about this, I'm remembering those two touchdown throws that Jimmy G just smoked. If he had gotten both of those, he probably would be sitting. Uh, <laughs> he probably would be sitting in like wide receiver nine or so right yeah. now. But, um, you know, really, really, really hopeful that Aiden O'Connell can at least carry him. And, you know, we spin it down to his teammate, Jacoby Myers, I can't. I can't say anybody saw this for for him. You know, being at right. number nineteen right now through these through these eight weeks, I'm not. Ex- I have like very very little faith that that's going to maintain. You know, he 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 shined bright in the in the sky for a while, but um, with the with the unraveling of, I was going to say like the Raiders season was just like their franchise. I don't even know what you call what's going on over there. It's like really hard to see a path. For this to continue, which stinks because <laughs> it's if finally you know is a chance you know this man is showing the receiver that he is, and you know he finally got there, and you know not not that he was bad or, or anything like that last year. He was pretty solid last year, but like they had a chance, they they had a chance to to really be like at the very least, you know a fearsome kind of duo and now it's just been stripped stripped from us through you know a, a confluence of jimmy g and mcdaniels and just yeah. raidering so that <laughs> i say i say boo to that <laughs> yeah uh, i feel you on that uh, regarding those two i think uh, i think this move to aiden o'connell will probably be better for Devonta, um, I think he'll see a, a buttload of targets, but we'll play it out. Two other notes for me. Shout out to Jay Jettis. This man is still wide receiver. Well, a top 16 wide receiver, despite missing three weeks, just shows you like what he did out there when he was playing. And then the man right below him, Brandon Ayuk, um, doing the dang thing, man. Uh, taking advantage of, time being missed by Debo Samuel and I believe George Kittle has missed the game or missed part of the time as well but 
you know, 29% target share, 31% targets per route run from weeks one through eight, 3.6 yards per route run. That doesn't seem accurate, but that's what the stats are telling me. Um, That seems kind of crazy on a 14.6 A dot. um, Yeah, shout out to Brandon Ayuk, man. That man's really coming to his own this year, and for for him to like kind of take that step forward in the shadow of um, the shadow of all those giants that he's playing alongside of, like yeah, great, great, great pick um, with where you were able to get him in fantasy drafts. Right, absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty much all. Oh, did did you have another one, or was that? I didn't. I I was going to ask you, out of these guys, who do you look at and see being a wide receiver one by the end of the year? Um, I think Jettas moves back in there, Um, even though, you know, he's going to be playing with either some combination of Jaron. Jaron Hall? Yeah, Hall. Yeah, some combination of Jaron Hall and Josh Dobbs. Like, Jettas, if he's healthy, if he's truly healthy – when he gets back, he gets the kind of open that any as long as you qualify as a professional quarterback, you should be able to put the ball on him. Like he gets right. he gets that kind of open. So I, I I think I think he'll be I think he'll be fine. Like he's not a he's not one of those um like Cortland Sutton clasher types and whatnot. Like <laughs> he's just route route boys up and you know you'll have a good one second to be able to see him be open and still, and he'll have shook the defender so hard. Like that one second still won't even matter. So I think he'll get up there and I can't really say for sure about anybody, about anybody else. Um, maybe Devonte get, gets back up there, but his quarterback situation is kind of air. Um, Mike Evans Maybe uh, I, I I could see him doing it, but every I, I wouldn't put a chip really on on anybody. Oh, you know, well maybe Marquise Brown, depending on what the deal is with Kyler. I saw a note come in on Kyler like a few hours ago, but I hadn't even been able to check my phone to see what it was. I'm assuming it's saying he's not starting, but um, but yeah, once Kyler comes back, he might be able to he might be able to rock it. Um, Marquise up, up into wide receiver one territory, but I think that I think even with Kyler, that that'll still be a little bit of a long shot. All right, yeah. So for me, um, I think Devonta Smith can do it, and the reason for that is that he's shown Ooh. oh he's shown over the over his career that he can have huge spike week performances. So the way I can see him getting here is that he could still you know, rest of the season, he has what, eight or nine games left. Four of those games, he could be like a wide receiver three or worse, but he could have two weeks where he's a top five wide receiver and that carries him and bumps him into the top 12 um, overall point scored at the end of the year. So I'll say Devonta gets up there. And again, considering their schedule, they're going to be in some close games and they're probably going to need them. For sure. All right, so like uh, one one kind of like curveball before we move on, and I'm trying to find it right now. This is great, great, great podcasting. Um, I get, I'll just ask specifically: Do you think that T. Higgins eventually works his way up to anywhere on this list? 
He's currently Ooh. wide receiver 59. I just found him. It took me a while to scroll down to find Ooh. him. He's currently wide receiver 59. <laughs> yeah, there's there's more than enough time for him to do it, especially if he puts together performances like he did um, last week. Now, when I'm saying that, I'm saying that from a yards per route perspective, as I mentioned earlier, and the amount of targets he received. So your question is, will he be basically a wide receiver too by the end of the season? Yeah, like at, at the least a wide receiver too, yeah. Yes. All right. Stamped, marked. We shall revisit. Yeah. We shall, we shall, man. And I'll take my victory lap if it happens. And if it doesn't, we'll watch the film and get better. How about that? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. All right. Uh, last segment. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. Um, we're going to do a little DBB here. As far as the DBB here, I'm just going to start first with just recapping last night's game between the Titans and the Steelers. Pittsburgh wins 20 to 16. So Pittsburgh covers and the over under. <laughs> that hook, baby. Hooker, 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 hooker. The hooker was in my favor. I hit on the under, and Daryl had Tennessee, and that is marked up with red. Thoughts on the game? Yeah. As I mentioned in our in our text. Uh, chain last night. This is two very shaky, shaky warrior. Uh, th- these are two very shaky uh, unders that that you hit. The 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 last one being the under in that. Um, who who was it that that was that Vegas, Vegas played? Um, it was Vegas um, and who? Um, Detroit, Detroit. Man, I, yeah, it was in that Vegas and Detroit game. That over should have hit so badly. Yeah, I was tilting the whole time. Jimmy G leaving 14 yeah. points on the I'm, I'm not even gonna rehash it. The over should have hit last night, too. Like definitely should have. Oh man, I'm 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 so frustrated. But I shouldn't be frustrated at your victory. I should be more frustrated at my loss. Tennessee should have hit uh, t- Tennessee should have covered. Yeah, like they left so yeah. So much on the field, like, and it's it's the kind of thing where you know, rookie quarterback, blah blah blah, rookie quarterback going in to um, going into Pittsburgh and taking just three points with him. That's my fault. I now it's my turn. <laughs> I, need, my I, I need to watch the tape and get better <laughs> on on that one. Um, I won't be making that mistake again, but um, I am low-key heated about how this week has started off. I will not deny it. <laughs> I mean, overall, like, Will Levis, like, he wasn't, for again, for a rookie, second game in the league on the road, like, he was making some dots, man. That man made some nice throws. Um, he was, you know, and he had him in position to win that game at the end. Yeah, yeah, I mean, driving down, like, opportunity to get in the the end zone and whatnot and (laughs) it makes me laugh i'm thinking about um our cousin who had a parlay of bets i don't know if you saw that text but he ended up hitting the parlay from uh 
all he needed was a Will Levis over half of an interception and got it literally on the second to last play of the game. <laughs> he must have been he must have been through the roof when he saw that happen, man. Like that's <laughs> to get your parlay to come through on the last play. Oh man. Yeah. That's kind of the, the gambler's high off that. I can I can only imagine. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Now a couple of fantasy implications from the game. Number one, um, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be just fine. This man saw 11 targets. Um, it was just one of those games where what he didn't get in the end zone, but four for 60, like this is probably going to be a lower outcome for him if, you know, he's going to be peppered with targets like this. And then group hug for Deontay Johnson, finally getting in the end zone, yeah. seven for 90 and a touchdown. Good for him. I recently just saw a tweet. Um, while we were potting that uh, George Pickens unfollowed him on Instagram. Number one, who's keeping track of that? And then number two, that's just hilarious. But, yeah. He unfollowed Deontay? Yeah. Supposedly that was the tweet. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm just going to put that in my little piggy bank about my thoughts about George Pickens. That's I don't know the backstory though, so you know I'm a I'm a I'm a chill on that. Maybe there's maybe there's more to the story, but that's if it's just for that reason, that's wild. That is yeah, absolutely wild. Yeah, I don't know if it was because of that. It was just an additional note from just recently right. reading that or seeing that. Oh, I love some good mess. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well. That's week nine uh, preview in the books. Um, you have any last parting thoughts before we get out of here? It's about to be a great weekend of football, y'all. A great weekend. Yeah. Hopefully you're in a position where you can sit down, get comfortable, and take these games. And like, and hopefully the games themselves actually deliver. But, yeah, this is supposed to be one of those weekends that, like, and, um, you know, come – late March, early April has us salivating to get back to the fall time. So yeah, drink this in, drink this in good guys. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those um, Sundays where, you know, if you happen to be in a relationship, you'd be like, yeah, babe, I need that pass. Cause boom, you got eight 30. You starting off Miami, Kansas city. Then 12 o'clock, the other game we highlighted, the Seahawks and Ravens. Three, 3.30 window, you got Dallas and Philly. And then night game, boom, you end in with Buffalo and Cincy. And you do that because then you can say, baby, let's go out and do something on Monday because you ain't going to sit up there and watch the Chargers and Jets. So get your hall pass (laughs) in order, fellas. Set up the day for Monday. The steakhouse going to be open anyways. Ain't nobody going to be in there. So Monday. Get it in, fellas. Do it right. My, and women, my too. He's giving out the game. He's giving right. out the game for free 99. I'm just saying, man. Chargers and Jets. You ain't li- You don't got to be lined up for that. <laughs> no. I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. Indeed, indeed. Well, hey, thank you guys for tuning back in with us. We'll be back for recapping week nine, getting into week 10. Goodness, next week. It's Derek. My brother Daryl, we out of here, guys. Peace.